if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Are we? That's the clock as we get started with our number two on this Thursday, the 30th and final morning of the month of April in the year of our Lord, 2020. Thanks again to uh, Representative Itali, Ohio State Representative, discussing the uh, ongoing attempts by some in the state legislature to move Governor DeWine off of his increasingly untenable and indefensible disproportionate position in response to the Chinese coronavirus. Uh want to welcome our uh, back to our program now, our regular Thursday guest at this time, the wisdom and the insight and the analysis of Dr. Everett Piper, who is a former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's a best-selling author. He is a columnist for the Washington Times, and he is a sought-after public speaker and uh, motivator, I would dare say. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. I hope you are, too. Yeah, uh, I don't know uh, about that, uh, quite frankly, and I'm sure you don't know either. You know, it's kind of weird. We're all very regional, and we're all very, you know, localized. Um, I'm looking at everything that's going on here in the state of Ohio and cringing at uh, the incredibly uh, ridiculous decisions that our governor, Mike Nospine, is uh, is making with respect to masks, moving the goalposts on what it's going to take to get Ohio open again. And you are observing different things, although they are similar in terms in, in nature, in your home state of Oklahoma. So this is kind of happening all over the country, which begs the question, um, at what point, and we'll get into the specifics of what's going on in Oklahoma in a second, Dr. Piper, but at what point do we need to have more guidance from Washington, from the president, uh, with respect to the governors, to get everybody on a somewhat more unified footing uh, as it pertains to opening up the the government or the uh, the economy? We just saw 3.8 million more applications for unemployment filed. The news came down in the last week. Uh, the news came down this morning. So we're now over 30 million. At what point do we have to say, you know, yes, it is up to the governors. The president doesn't have an overreaching power to tell them what to do, but he can certainly encourage uh, and perhaps uh, go public with specific messages to specific states, maybe like yours. Well, I think the point is now. So to answer your question as to time, Mm -hmm. Uh, The time is now. Now is the time for civil disobedience, quite frankly. Now is the time for the American people to rise up and say enough is enough. Stop this. You do not have the right to tell us to close our business. You do not have the right to tell us to dump thousands of pounds of potatoes because 
uh, the potato farmers in Iowa, excuse me, Idaho, cannot find a way to get them to market. We hear beef growers saying that they're going to have to euthanize their cattle in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. We've seen stories of chicken farmers killing up to 60,000 chickens that were uh, kept alive for laying eggs, and the farmer is saying, I can't afford to feed them anymore because I don't have any place to take my eggs. The food supply chain is broken. The president of Tyson Foods came out last week and said, we are in danger of disrupting our food supply. When is the time for us to rise up and say, no, we will not do this any longer? We have the right to open our stores. We have the right to commerce. You have no right as a local mayor or the governor to tell us not to. I Challenge them. We need to challenge them to put us in jail, to be quite frank. And we need to challenge those who are shaming us into silence, especially those in the Church. Shame on the Church for remaining quiet. And through this leadership, the local leadership, the local voice of you and me and the local uh, restaurant owner and the local grocer and the local farmer, through the pressure of that community voice, the President hopefully will come forward and support us as we challenge these little despots, these emperors with no clothes that are sitting in their gubernatorial offices or in their local mayor office and telling us we can't do the things that the Constitution tells us we can do. We need to stop being obedient little sheep, and we need to start acting like leaders. Okay, let's let's talk about the despots. Mostly we're talking about governors, but in your column for the Washington Times this past week, you focused not on governors, but a particular mayor in Oklahoma. And we have to recognize that, too. There are mayors. Now, some of them are much more pronounced uh, and, and visible, like Mayor de Blasio in the largest city in this country. But uh, this is going on in a lot of other places as well. Tell us what's going on. And in fact, give, just basically give us a summary of uh, of your column. Okay, my column in the Washington Times this last week, I actually uh, created a new award, the Aldous Huxley Award for Overbearing Arrogance. And this week's winner of the Aldous Huxley Award for the Brave New World of Overbearing Arrogance and Gubernatorial Power, excuse me, government power, goes to the small town of Vanita, Oklahoma. Now, let me put this in context. I've said it before on your show. Oklahoma is the reddest of red states. We have not had one county vote blue in four successive presidential elections. But yet here in Vanita, Oklahoma, a small little town about an hour northeast of me, Mayor Chuck Hoskins has told the people of Vanita they can't go jogging without approval and they can't even get in their pickup and drive out to the local lake alone to go fishing. They can't go out to the local woods alone to go hunting. If they're caught going to do those things, fishing, hunting, jogging, or even, any specifies, driving by Grandma's house to shout happy birthday to your grandma from your car window, you can be fined up to $500 and put in jail for up to 30 days. In Vanita, Oklahoma, this is Orwellian despotism. This little emperor needs to be told he has zero authority to issue these edicts and mandates. This is crazy. It, it is in, incredibly... Uh 
difficult to hear something like that coming from, as you say, a state like Oklahoma. Um, there are a lot of more liberal states, blue states, et cetera, where maybe these kinds of things would play. But tell me this. How does this particular mayor keep getting elected? How? I mean, what is the response of the people of Vanita? Well, there's a law firm, Lee and Coates, and if people care to Google <clears throat> Lee Coates Law Firm in Vanita, Oklahoma, do so. Go to their website and thank them. Thank them for leading the charge like we started your show 10 minutes earlier. Thank you for being a voice of leadership for saying no. This law firm, Lee and Coates in Vanita, Oklahoma, has sued Mayor Chuck Hoskins and the uh, chief of police for their violations of constitutional liberty, First Amendment and Second Amendment, Third Amendment, all the amendment rights. They've sued Benita, Oklahoma, for these violations of the freedoms of the citizens of Benita. And I, I, I believe they'll prevail, because this guy is out of control. So we need to follow the lead of this little law firm in Benita, Oklahoma, that has spine and courage and principles that they're willing to defend. So, uh, and that's good. I'm glad to hear that about the law firm. Again, I, I wonder about the people, especially, again, in a red state. You would think there would be a whole lot more red than blue, although there is, of course, there are outliers. There are cities in every town. I mean, there are even Republican enclaves in, in blue California and in blue New York. So certainly, you know, it's not it's not mandated that everybody be one particular of one particular mindset. But it is especially troubling when we think that we would have support for liberty, freedom, and all of the things that conservatism stands for uh, in a place like that. And yet, those people are having their rights trampled. Let's continue on and talk about trampling of rights then, Dr. Everett Piper, and move on to Bakersfield, California. Now, I'm not going to speak to the demographics or the political ideology of Bakersfield because I don't know them. It just happens to be where maybe the two most famous doctors in America right now um, uh, happen to live and operate their business, Accelerated Urgent Care. Doctors Dan Erickson and Artin Masihi uh, did a video, kind of a video press conference with people so that they could present to the online community and thus the country the reality of the situation as they have observed it from their frontline work treating people with COVID-19. And their statistical analysis, as well as their summary summary of their findings, which is that this country needs to open right now. Uh, it is more dangerous to keep it closed. Uh, took a lot. It went viral. Took a lot of people by storm, and in fact, it scared the bejesus out of the technocrats in Silicon Valley uh, into pulling that video and banning them from uh, appearing on YouTube, which of course is owned by the all-powerful Google Corporation. So, Doctor Piper. There are free speech rights that they have now been, had taken away from them. Uh, and apparently we don't even have the right to listen to dissenting points of view. If we listen to anything other than the terrified fear mongers in government, uh, well, then we might actually start to turn against government. So they're doing everything they can to remove that uh, temptation from us. I know I need to be brief um, in responding to you. So here's the thing. Um, there are some people that are challenging the statistics uh, and the math of these two doctors. They're saying their math is bad, their statistical analysis is poor. Well, my response to that is, so what? What gives YouTube and Google the right to pull that down just because their math is bad? Let's assume their math is bad. Let that play out in the public debate. That's what a liberal, open argument is supposed to be all about. I don't need YouTube or Google to tell me what I can or cannot listen to. I'll decide whether their math is bad. I'll decide whether their statistics are poor. I will decide. And here's another thing. People are saying that they're, 
analysis is not peer-reviewed, and therefore it's not good science. I've got news for you. There's a lot of science out there that is not peer-reviewed. It was an empirical fact. It was a scientific fact that there was trench warfare in World War I. But guess what? We didn't need to take the time to have everything peer-reviewed while guys were running at us with bayonets. There's a time for you to act now because you know what you need to do when a man is trying to stab you with a bayonet. You don't have time for peer-reviewed analysis. So there's a lot of debate that could take place over these doctors, but YouTube should not be policing it and telling us what we can and cannot debate and argue. You're 100% correct. Um, And you're right, we do have to take a time out here, so we'll have to follow up uh, on this on the other side. But but you're 100% correct. And and I'll just say this. Science, this is science. Science is all about debate among scientists. When we talk about peer review, we're saying, okay, this is what we have come to, the conclusion we came to. What did you come to? And you talk it out, and you discuss it, and you debate it, as you say. They don't want science. The ones who are condemning the science of the two doctors in Bakersfield are essentially turning their backs on science and saying, no, you're wrong, wrong, we're right. Let's crush all dissent. That's not science. Science is indeed being a peer review and having all work discussed and debated by experts in the field. These two gentlemen are just as much an expert as Dr. Labcoat in Ohio or Gavin Newsom, the governor, out in uh, uh, in California. In fact, much, much more so. Uh, we're going to talk more with Dr. Piper right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, we continue now at 1025. Good news for you. Uh, Dr. Piper and I put our little heads together uh, yesterday, and I asked him if he had the time and the availability to do a third segment with me because we had so much content to discuss today, and he was kind enough to say yes. So we're going to have him pass the news. That's the good news. We don't have to speed read or speed think and, and speak uh, in this short segment. But, Dr. Piper, I want to go to um, another story that uh, you and I had discussed that was important to you, and uh, it was important to me, too. And that is, again, talking about, you mentioned the mayor of Veneta, Oklahoma. Let's talk about the mayor of New York City that I referenced before, Bill de Blasio, who um, expressed an, a very disturbing uh, message um, when he saw a group of Jewish rabbis uh, huddled together in, a various, in, in various locations. I don't even really care what it was. But his message was this, quote, My message to the Jewish community and all communities is this simple. The time for warnings has passed. I, I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're looking at what appears to be a fascist movement, I think, in this country of, of controlling the population, unlike anything we have seen before, Dr. Piper. Bill de Blasio specifically calling out Jews, specifically calling out rabbis for large gatherings and saying the time for warnings has passed. I don't know about you, but I I wasn't alive in the 30s, but that's what it felt like. Go ahead. Well, it's stunning. It's stunning that a politician would actually single out and call out Jews and say, I'm done warning you. The time of warnings is passed. I'm empowering the police. To arrest you. I mean, the insensitivity in and of itself, let's forget all the other risks, but the blatant 
insensitivity to the Jewish community to say that, the lack of historical respect to say that, the disregard for their religion, the disregard for their history, the disregard for the suffering and the persecution that the Jewish community has endured historically, the fact that de Blasio would say that, or any other politician, and the fact that anybody is sitting by in silence Allowing that to take place is, frankly, just stunning. And in the middle of that, we have the Freedom From Religion organization actually suing across the country because some states have declared clergy to be essential workers within the current environment. And they're saying that religious workers, clergy, whether they be Jewish or whether they be Christian, are not essential. And they actually go on to say that the collapse of religion within the United States would cause no great harm to our culture. This is what's being discussed. These crazy ideas of Haidt and Ashbury of the 1960s have left the university, the ivory tower, and gone on to Main Street, to the point where you and I are actually discussing a politician calling out Jews and saying, the time of warnings is past. This should a chill down our spine in terms of what freedoms we are losing on a minute-by-minute basis in the current public debate. Well, it does. It sends them down my spine anyway, and I think anybody who's reasonable would agree. And again, the the, the analogies between you know what Jews have faced in our history is in, in world history really is um, it, it's staggering. But well, we're talking about power, and and what we're going to do next segment is talk about power, and I know that everybody knows the old adage about absolute power corrupting absolutely, but really, we're, we're truly seeing this in, 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 a, in a level we have never seen before. And I want to talk about that, and we're, and we're going to kind of see that manifested in the new fear-mongering uh, method that powerful people in states all over this country uh, are using now. And that new method is masks. It is the new psychological warfare that they're using to keep people terrified, keep people afraid, keep people believing that if they breathe the open air, they're going to be breathing in death. And that's why these masks are being summoned now. And uh, what we were told just a month ago was absolutely not necessarily suddenly mandatory for survival. That is a power move uh, unlike anything I've seen maybe ever. And Dr. Piper, I'll ask your analysis of that coming up on 1420 The Answer. Okay, 1035 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer with Dr. Everett Piper. Before we do that, though, just a quick little note. Um, in the first hour, I played for you the first segment of Tucker's show last night because of its, its, its extraordinary importance to understanding what's going on here and how the scientific facts and the medical facts have absolutely been disproven and how the disproportionate response of the uh, all-powerful governor's gone wild uh, you know, has, been, has played out, and uh, they have no intention whatsoever of relinquishing that power and uh so i played that for you and then almost as soon as i played it people were texting me and saying the link isn't there because i had put it on social media the link is dead it goes to muzak and i said you can't be right i just played it on the air sure enough it was muzak so they did take down tucker's uh montage from yesterday not montage opening monologue is what i mean to say from yesterday but fox news still has it up on their channel so it's on youtube Fox News Channel, 
and look for Tucker Carlson 429. I reposted it on my social media during the last break, so you can find it for yourself. So uh, it was indeed taken down from one location, but it has been found in another, and we'll just continue to share that uh, as much as we can. All right, back to Dr. Everett Piper now as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, as you and I uh, discussed uh, a little bit yesterday, and uh, I want to talk about it in much more depth now. I want to talk about the focus of the masks, which has become all the rage. Down in Harris County, Texas, they did it. Uh, a judge ruled you must wear a mask if you are in public. Everybody. Uh, it's being challenged, of course, in courts, uh, and we'll see where that goes. In Ohio, um, Governor Mike Nospine on Monday said everybody has to wear a mask to engage in commerce. If you are a worker in a business, you must wear one. If you are a client or customer, you must wear one. Then he heard from us going crazy over it and changed it on Tuesday to, okay, it's just strongly recommended, not mandated. Then he heard from the other side of the people who are terrified of the virus and saying, oh, my God, no, we wanted the mandate. So yesterday he switched it a third time and said, okay, it's mandatory for all the workers in the stores uh, and uh, businesses, but uh, customers and clients. It's just strongly recommended. Dr. Piper, what I see is mind control. I see a government that recognizes they can no longer show videos and photos of crowded uh, emergency rooms and people fighting for ventilators because the threat was overstated, uh, the danger was overstated. They can't scare the people into compliance with the actual science anymore. So now it's visual. Now it is subconscious. Now it's, look at everybody wearing these masks. They're afraid to breathe in without breathing in death. Uh, and it keeps them under the government's thumb. It keeps them under control. You wrote on Twitter and in a comment to me about absolute power corrupting absolutely. Tucker Carlson talked about it at length last night. There is unprecedented power now in the hands of government executives in, in every state. How do we get it back? To fight for freedom. We have to decide what our highest good is, is as an American people. I'll say that again. We have to decide what is our highest good. Back to freshman-level philosophy, our summum bonum, our highest good, the thing we hold to be most dear. Now, we have traditionally and historically agreed that that is freedom, land of the free, home of the brave. Give the Statue of Liberty. It's not the Statue of Safety. We are now falling into the trap of believing that safety is our highest good rather than liberty. If safety is our highest good, we are going to be held under the, the thumb of those with power who have the ability to keep us safe. But if freedom is our highest good, we have individual liberty. The argument for safe spaces on college campuses have, have, has left the ivory tower, and it has gone to Main Street. Dwight Eisenhower said, if you want to be totally secure, go to prison. There you are fed and clothed and given medical care and so on. The only thing lacking is freedom. There is a direct conflict between freedom and safety. We are giving our freedom over to those that are promising to keep us safe. Stop and think about the Revolutionary War, Bob. It was a war fought 
for freedom. The Civil War was fought for freedom. World War One and World War Two were fought for freedom. Even Korea and Vietnam were battles for freedom. No war is a war for safety. All wars are wars for freedom, at least in the American tradition that is true. We have to reclaim the high ground of human liberty and human freedom as our summum bonum, as our highest good. Otherwise, we're doomed. Um, what do you take? What is your take on the uh, representation of the masks that I outlined in my pre- uh, 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 predicate to your to the question? It's 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 a play for power. I have the power to tell you what to wear. I have the power to tell you how you will engage in the public square. I have the power to silence you if you refuse to put a piece of cloth over your face. It's Max of telling Jews that they have to wear yellow stars of David because we're frightened of you. You are messing our economy up. We don't like you. We're going to shame you, and we're going to control you by telling you what you can wear and how you can engage in the public square and how you can go about doing business. And if you don't do this, we're going to restrict you, and we're going to tell you you cannot engage in commerce. This is what they're actually telling you. If you don't do what we tell you to do, you won't be able to buy and sell bread if you don't wear your mask. It is a play for power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely Lord Acton, and that is exactly what is symbolic in this demand that you wear a mask. Science be damned, because we've got lots of scientists that are telling us that the mask is a negative rather than a positive, including the nation's Surgeon General. But science be damned. Don't follow the science. Follow the politics. Follow the power. That's the message behind the mask. Um, this power was uh, kind of uh, displayed last night by uh, Tucker Carlson. I don't know if you saw it. Um, he, he's, he spotlighted uh, this, the state of Maine, and Governor Mills, I think her name is, she ordered um, what, what essentially is an indefinite lockdown of her state. It literally has no end date, no expiration. We're going to lock down until this or that. It's basically until she decides otherwise. And she said, we are not out of the woods and won't be for a very long time. And at the time she made that those remarks, Tucker pointed out, there were 33 cases of COVID, uh, active cases, out of a population of 1.2 million. There had been a total of 51 deaths in that state, again, out of a population of 1.2 million. And she essentially said... It's not even just about uh, getting back to normal. This is about building a better normal, building a better uh, society. They are using this, and, and I'll throw in kind of a uh, uh, an add-on here from Hillary Clinton and her uh, endorsement of Joe Biden. She said to Joe Biden what Rahm Emanuel, of course, made famous. She said it would be a really, really big waste uh, if we did not take advantage of this crisis. And that is, of course, to build the world or build the nation into something that has never been before, but it is perfect in their vision. And that is one of government control and a nation of scared uh, sheep. Um, when you hear government officials like the mayor or the uh, governor of Maine, and you hear, obviously, Hillary Clinton, who still carries a lot of weight in uh, the Democrat Party, basically saying, this isn't about getting us back to where we were before. We don't want to be where we were before. We will make your lives as miserable as we can now until you accept the new normal that we create. And, and who will we have to rely upon when that world becomes a reality? Can we trust ourselves to provide for ourselves? 
Will we have the freedom to be entrepreneurs? Will we have the freedom to buy and sell what we need for our sustenance and even for our enjoyment? No, because they're breaking the economy. They put 30 million people out of work. They don't care because at the end of the day, they will be the ones that will provide the food. They will be the ones that will provide the commerce. Not you, not me, but government will do it all. We will be a carbon copy of Venezuela. We will not be a uh-huh. land of the free and the home of the brave. We will, we will be broken. That's the analogy that I think uh, I, I was waiting to hear at a lot of other people as well. We talked about that, um, about how we should be afraid of turning into a Venezuela when we were, uh, you know, seriously facing the par- prospect of Bernie Sanders being the nominee of one of the two major parties for president of the United States, you know, an avowed socialist who essentially would salute Venezuela, uh, and that's what he wanted to create here. But once Bernie got defeated by Joe Biden, nobody talks about that anymore. And it's really interesting that you bring it up now because it's not just it's not Bernie Sanders or a bunch of Bernie Sanders imposing um, power moves um, and and the authoritarian principles of a Venezuela. It's just a whole bunch of liberal Democrat governors and a small handful of Republican governors like Mike DeWine. Will people get that? Will people understand? I mean, Dr. Piper. Nancy Pelosi stands before her $24,000 refrigerator with $14 a pint ice cream in it while there are thousands more than have ever been in line at food banks before. That is a pretty doggone good ex, uh, uh, um, image. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is here. It's a, it's a, an example, I guess, of what we have to fear. That's what Venezuela has. The governors, the leaders, the dictators eat well while everybody else is frying rats or, uh, or, um, uh, cooking rats over open dumpster fires. It, you break the supply chain of a free economy of commerce and you dump hundreds of thousands of pounds of tomatoes, of t- potatoes, excuse me, hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk. Mm-hmm. Would you kill tens of thousands of chickens? I, I started out the show talking about the broken food chain and the broken uh, system of commerce. People are going to have to eat, and who is going to provide for them? The Democrats think that they can do it through government largesse and government control. Ideas matter. Elections matter. In Venita, Oklahoma, they were stupid enough to elect a Democratic mayor in a red state, and they're suffering for it right now. They've lost their freedom. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, they were foolish enough to elect a, a Republican who is really a Democrat in disguise, G.T. Bynum. He's a progressive, and he shut down all commerce in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because he knows better and he knows best. This election that's coming up, we have to decide, are we going to vote for personal freedom, or are we going to vote for safety? If we vote for safety, we will be put in little cells, because they will tell us, we'll keep you safe in those cells. Freedom be damned, we'll keep you safe. Is that really what we want in the next election? Well, yeah, that is that old adage about sacrificing liberty for security or for temporary safety. Is that something that we really want? And, and, you know, and we're going to wrap with this, Dr. Piper. The frustrating thing for me, I just had a state representative on before you came on, and I asked him, where is our legislature? Why aren't you guys standing up to this tyrannical power grab of Mike DeWine and Amy Labcoat? And um, he said, well, there are a lot of us who are. He said, but we don't have enough to pass a bill in the House 
uh, or and certainly not enough to get it through the Senate, or enough to override an eventual veto by Mike DeWine to order the reopening of the state of Ohio. And he said the reason why is there are too many of them who are term limited, which means they no longer will answer to the voters. And they are instead answering to the governor, because once you are term limited out of your spot, everybody's jockeying and fighting for a prestigious and well-paying appointment by the governor in their post-elected life. And so they don't want to tick off the governor. So I'm not saying it's the exact same thing in every state, but that's a frustrating thing. When we, the people, want to rise up and protest and get the ear of our representatives, if our representatives no longer care what we have to say because they can't be reelected, this is an argument against term limits, strangely enough, because I'm for them. Um, but, but, but you know, if they don't have to listen to us and they're only going to listen to the uh, person who might provide them with their next job, we're kind of alone here. We, we, whether we're alone or not, we still need to fight the good fight. Um, I've said many times, you run into the face of the storm, you don't run away from it. You wave the right banner, you wave the banner of truth, and if you win waving that banner, great, that's God's grace. If you lose waving that banner, who cares? It's the right banner to wave. Be willing to go down fighting. Patrick Henry, Henry, give me liberty or give me death. Don't turn around and say, I fear death, so take my liberty. Dr. Everett Piper, very well said, as always. Thank you for putting in the overtime today. I'm glad I asked you about that yesterday. We sometimes uh, have open spots after you, and if we're not done at 1030, I want to be able to continue past that. So, Dr. Piper, thank you so much for the great insight and analysis, as always, and I wish you well. All right. Thank you, Dr. Everett Piper. 1050 now, final segment coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. been a pretty dramatic show this morning, and I think with some pretty good reasons. A reminder, I've changed the links to the Tucker Carlson open from last night in which he um, kind of laid out what's going on in this country through um, the state of Maine as, uh, as the best example right now, the governor of Maine ordering a, an indefinite lockdown so that she can change your life. Literally, so she can change your life to make it what is in her version or will be in her version a better life. Not just about getting the door open, doors to businesses open again so that people can get back to business. No, 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 no. It's about improving your life in her point of view, what it's like. It's a staggering thing to see. And uh, it's being re- repeated or replicated all over this country by other people just like her. So watch that on my social media. France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word. No spaces, no underscores. That's on Twitter and on Facebook. And we'll put it on Parlor too. Couple of phone calls before we're done. Navy man Norm wants to talk about those face masks. Norm, thanks for waiting. I know you've been there a while, sir. Go right ahead. Not a problem. You and you and I will be joining each other, I'm sure, in a cell after we get through with the snitch itch lieutenant governor that we have. I already sent him and Dewine uh, my notice that, as far as I'm concerned, they're done in the next uh, term every election, and I said you are responsible for closing the churches. Not the coronavirus, but both of you. And as far as snitching, I said, as Husted or Houston, whatever his name is, I said, you are no, you are as low as snake you know what on the ground. I don't care, Bob. I sent that to Tom Patton. I sent it to Matt Dolan. Tom Patton answered me. Matt Dolan, he's probably curled up in a ball hiding somewhere. But Tom Patton, 
uh, did answer me, and he said, I've passed this on to the governor and the lieutenant governor, and he says, uh, I admire you in standing up for your rights, and I said, you're damn right I'm standing up for my rights, because I'm a citizen of the United States, and I live under our Constitution. I'm not going to curl up in a ball, and if I do go to a store and I don't have my mask on, which I won't, and they say, well, I'm sorry, sir, you can't come in, I'm going to say, I want you to remember this, because once this stuff is over, I won't be coming back into your store, I won't be patronizing you, so as far as I'm concerned, you can kiss my red, white, and blue push. So that's that's my feelings, and uh, you can tell I'm a little bit smoking this morning. Well, you you and me both. And by the way, I hope I never see your tush, but I absolutely believe it is red, white, and blue. Uh, Norm, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, God bless you, sir. Uh, and your tush. Uh, that's Navy man Norm. Uh, look, I, I'm going to tell you something else. Um, you know, he said we'll share a cell if they try to lock us up for not wearing a fear mask. Um, I want business owners to be willing to go into that cell. I want us to encourage everybody that we know that is in business that has been shut down because their lives and their income and the livelihoods and the income and the health of their children have been deemed non-essential by the governor that they have had to close. I want to encourage all of them to open up. Put in whatever safe distancing or practices for health and hygiene that you see fit and open up. By the thousands, Ohio, open up. Let them, dare them to come into your place of business and walk you out in handcuffs for daring to conduct business, daring to try to earn a living and provide a living for your employees. Dare them to come in and lock all business owners up for defying the edict of Governor Mike Nospine. I want to see if they will be willing to send police officers into our businesses to lock us up at the same time they are opening the jail cell doors to allow real criminals to go free because of fear of COVID in the jails. Let them see if they're going to levy fines against us. Let them try to collect. Let them try to revoke licenses overrun them with thousands and thousands of businesses at the same time, as soon as humanly possible. Let the snitches snitch. Let the rats rat. Let them call and cry and complain. Ohio, if Mike No Spine won't open you, then open yourselves. Ohio businesses, and I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not a business owner. I get it. I'm not the one taking the risk as I sit here and, and, and sound this call. But I truly care about you and everybody who works for you. Ohio businesses, you are essential. You are essential because you are humans. You are essential because you have the same rights as everybody else that the governor deems to be essential. Reclaim your businesses. We'll talk more tomorrow when I have Lieutenant Governor John Houston live. At 1010. See you then. Enjoy the silence.